Hey, welcome back. We're going to continue our conversation on the conquering church versus the successful church. And we're so glad that you joined us here under the fig tree. Here's something interesting. Uh, natural diamonds. They typically are formed about 150 to 200 kilometers below the surface. Yes. If I'm digging, right, mm -hmm. and I get to 145 kilometers, I'm probably not going to find it. Right. Why? Because I'm not low enough. Not low enough. Right? The thing that I'm looking for, I'm not low enough Boy, to that's find good. it. Right? That's good. So I have to go a bit lower just so I can start to find the diamonds that are there. This that's is one good. of the problems that you have when people are proud and they exalt themselves because the nose is so high in the air, right, mm. that you can't see what's on the ground that you need to pick up. Mm -hmm, There's diamonds mm -hmm. there that you need to pick up. And some of those diamonds are people that can help you along your way. I'm trying to remember in the book of Acts, uh, what, what were the names? Um, but they showed, uh, was it Barnabas? They showed him a more excellent way. I'm getting the names all mixed oh, up. Uh, wasn't King Barnabas. There we go. With um, Apollo. Um, it was Apollos. Apollos. There we go. Not Barnabas, but Apollos. Right. So it was Apollos. And Apollos was a great teacher. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes, he was. But these folks, they weren't heralded or anything like that. But Apollos was able to humble himself yes. to learn from somebody who knew a better way than him, yes. even though they weren't lofted up or anything like That's that. exactly right. Sometimes you have to be able to get low enough to get the diamonds, man. Yes, sir. Yes, you have sir. to be able to get low enough. And that's one of the problems, you know, sometimes that we have. If you're not to my level, you can't tell me anything. You can't tell me anything. I, I want all the listeners to hear this. Please hear this. A man who is above correction is a man that's not submitted. That's exactly right. It's really that simple. It's very if simple. If you are above correction, you are not submitted. No. And I'm not talking about being submitted to people. I'm talking about even being submitted to God. That's right. Because now you're telling God, I will accept correction in the way I see fit, not in the way you see fit. That's right. If you are above correction. You're not submitted. You are not submitted. Full stop. Matthew ten thirty nine. Let's, Let's go. start at thirty eight. And anyone who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Ooh, man, watch thirty nine. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Yeah, real simple. It is real simple. It's real simple. It is real simple, man. It's you when you start talking about any kind of losing because we're talking about the successful church versus the conquering church. Right. Yeah. So in some circles, when you start talking about losing anything, mm -hmm. you may be considered to be speaking from the devil. And I'm just going to be real honest. There are some who may say, yeah, no, that that's not, you're hearing from the devil. You're not hearing from God. Right. And I'm like, I, I beg to differ. As a matter of fact, I have script, scripture, you know, like Matthew 10 to show you yep. that Jesus himself talked about losing. Yeah, man, there's things sometimes you got to matter of fact, Jesus says something else, too. See, that's why I like working with you. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see if I can find my reference. And, and so this is going to really help support exactly what you're saying. John 15, mm -hmm. verse 2, he says, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, oh, he does what? On. He takes it away. He takes it away. 
He takes it away. Oh, come on. Troy. And every branch that bears fruit, watch this, he prunes. He prunes. Which means one way or the other, he cuts something he cuts, back. He cuts it back. And people will say, just like you said, yes. oh, no, you're saying I'm going to lose something. That's up the devil. No, 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 no. No. One way or the other, you're going to get cut back. Yep. Either you're going to be taken away completely yep. or you're going to be cut back. Yep. Why? So that you can bring forth more fruit. So that you can bring forth more fruit. It, it, is, it is such an important principle for not only people, the people of God or what we sometimes call lay people, yeah. but it's such an important principle that I think gets overlooked by leadership, by sure. church leadership. Sure. I know, I know of pastors right now that were forced into closing down their churches and doing now doing house church. And it's interesting because I happen to know that God is doing something in the midst of house churches. He's yes, he bringing is. that full circle. Yes, he is. And it's a quiet, it's a quiet movement, almost an underground movement because I'm hearing all the time. I know you are yeah. about people who are either thinking about it or feeling a pull towards it or people who like us are already doing it. Right. Yeah. But I know people right now, I know leaders right now who are, who are puzzled to some degree, I think, and who are troubled even more so because they don't understand the losing aspect that we're talking about right now. Yeah, man. The pruning aspect. Let me move away from losing. And I'll say pruning. Maybe that's a bit more palatable to people. <laughs> the pruning aspect of God, the pruning aspect is a very big part of what God does for us yeah. in order for us to become full, the full bloom, right? The full blown tree yeah. that we're, uh, that he sees us as. I mean, whoever came up with the bonsai was just, I mean, I believe that was straight from God. Yeah, man. The, to, to take a tree and you clip and you clip and it takes years and years to, for that tree to develop and look a certain way. Yeah. And that person with their skill clips and clips and clips. A little at a time. A little at a time. Yeah, clips, man. clips. I want something to grow here, so what do I do? This is God's economy. I want a new shoot to come out here. What do I do? I cut off the old shoot. That's right. It's like, that doesn't make any sense. I'm growing so well. No, you're going to cut you back. Clip. <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh, Jesus, you're killing me. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm helping you. I'm, yeah. You know, and I, I really believe, Troy, that that is, that is a real issue for a lot of leaders today. From a prophetic standpoint, I know that God has been pulling on on leaders within the body of Christ to go ahead and trust him to that level. And yeah. many are, are really saying, no, I know that sounds hard. That may sound crass, but I believe that I'm hearing from God that, that the Lord is saying many are just saying no, not, not out of malice, not because they're mad at God, but simply because they've only done this, this one way for so long and they're really scared. Many of them are scared I to agree. trust God to that level to say, you know what, God, throw everything in the air and whatever you want to land back on me, you know, back around my feet, <laughs> you know, or tell me to pick up and leave the rest of it. I went through that some years ago mm -hmm. and it was a painful experience, but it was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. 
I've told you this story many times that when I was in this particular place, man, and my 20 years of service under this particular ministry was over and God said, okay, I need you to go do something else now. I was faithful for 20 years, me and my family. Right. For 20 solid years in another man's ministry. And, but when he said it's time to go, the first thing he did was he took inventory. He didn't have me take inventory. He took inventory of my life and said, you don't need that. Where you're going, you don't need that. You don't need, I'm like, but wait, but wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I worked God, so hard wait, for that. <laughs> wait, wait, I did. Yeah, man. I said that to God. Did you? <laughs> God, I put, God, all the years I put into, he said, you don't need that where I'm taking you. You don't need any of that. And it felt like losing. Mm-hmm. Because there were there was employment, right? You know, so now my money's being affected, and God is saying you're going to trust me or you're not. And oh, I think, man. and I think that's where a lot of leaders are right now. God is saying either you're going to trust me or you're not. So just this is what we say in my household. Just saying, yeah, <laughs> that's the rule. Once you say just saying, what's the rule? You yeah. can't get that's the rule. You can't get mad if we say just saying. So <laughs> what's next? Um. Whose church is it anyway? Oh, boy. Whose church is it anyway? Matthew 16, 18. And I also say to you that you are Peter. This is Jesus speaking. You are Peter, Petros, little rock, little little pebble, right? And on this rock, I will build. I will build my church. I will build my church. I, I will build my church. Ooh, I just want to say it one more time. Can I say it one more time, please? I want to say it one more time. I will build my church. Jesus has not left the building of his church to anyone. No. Full stop. What I love, Old Testament, he said this. He said, build me a place so I can come down and live with so you. So I can come down and live he with you. He told the people to build a building. Yes. But now Jesus is saying, look, I need you to understand. I want, I, on, I'm going to build the people. Come on, Troy. It's not about the building anymore. Come I'm going to build the people. My church, and now, the, now the Ecclesia. This, 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 and I'm going to build it this way. The same way I told you to build my house, which on, is man. after the pattern. I let the pattern walk here for 33 and a half Come years. Come on, man. And I'm going to build my church after the pattern yes, sir. that I showed you. Yes, sir. And this is this is where we are. We're yes, building sir. after the pattern. Yes, sir. And if we if we allow him to build his church, look at the results. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Shall not. Shall not. Shall will not. not. Yeah. Cannot. Cannot. Troy, do I dare say this on the podcast? Yeah. I'm going to say it. Here it goes. There's a whole lot of local churches across this land that the gates of hell are prevailing against. Oh, boy. Full stop. Oh, boy. There's a whole lot of local churches that the gates of hell is prevailing against. We pray for people all the time. We pray for ministers all the time. Yes, we we talk to ministers all the time, and they say, "Brother, pray for pray for me for my ministry." You know, we're going through and this and so, and we go and we're dealing with and you and I feel like I'm under attack. I had to tell a, a group of ministers just recently, a group of pastors. I said, "You're not under attack." I said, "That's God." Yeah, man. <laughs> I said, "That's God," and they just looked at me. I said, "The Lord is trying to get you to to get that deer in the headlights look out of your eyes." Yeah. 
and accept the fact that he is really in control of your life, but only if you allow him to be. Correct. And that he can get you across the street. He really can. He can get you across the street if you let him and stop looking like, what is this? I, I, I don't know what's... Yeah, no, you don't know. That is the whole point of the whole thing, that he doesn't want you to know until he wants you to know. And sometimes that's difficult, but that's where the trust comes in. If you knew everything up front, there'd be no need to trust God. No, sir. And so this is something that we... We, we don't bargain with. We don't negotiate with this. I know sometimes we, we do that with our flesh and stuff like yes, that. Sir. And we try to do that with God. Yeah. But it's just easier sometimes just to say, you know what? I'm just going to trust you. I might not understand. I, I, I'm just going to trust you. There's an old saying, <laughs> my wife, the, the old uh, religious church that she came out of, she said they used to always say, trembling and trusting. <laughs> <laughs> trembling and trusting. I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. I, I, that, that's, that's, you know, that, that's a visual there. <laughs> trembling and trusting. You I, said something earlier that I wanted to, I wanted to chime in on okay. about, oh, boy, what was it? It was something I wanted to mention. I wanted to add the optics Sometimes you were talking about leaders that they like the metrics. Yeah. Right? They yeah. like the metrics, but they also like the optics. Yeah, man. When it looks like it's flourishing. You know, that's really big for a lot of leaders, that yeah. it look like it's flourishing. Yeah, and we know we're supposed to walk by faith, not by sight. Not by sight. And so the look sometimes can be deceiving. It's possible. I think that that's something that we have to take into consideration too. Yes, I think that's a very good point that you bring up because the appearance of success and yeah. success are two different things. Yeah. Yeah. The appearance of it and, and actual success are two different things. Oh Lord. So having a form of godliness, but denying the power. I agree. Yeah. Doesn't that kind of fit into that? Not kind of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> having a form of godliness, but deny the go back to the smoke machine. Yeah. Nothing wrong with smoke machines. Nothing wrong with it. But, oh, if you got smoke machines and you don't have any any real presence, that's a problem. Yeah. Because you can have presence and then you won't need no smoke machines. No, you won't. But if you have presence and smoke machines, that's that's fine. That's perfectly fine. But if you got smoke machines and no presence, that's a problem. That's going to be a problem. If you have, if you have talent, oh, I'm going there, Troy. Let's go. If you have talent and no anointing, that's a problem. Let me tell you what the problem is with that. Your talent won't destroy yokes and remove burdens. Exactly right. The anointing will. Come on, bro. So I would much rather, much rather have somebody who's vastly less talented. Come on, man. But anointed. But anointed. And I would take that over talent any yes, day of the week. Yes, sir. Yes, any sir. day of the week. Yes, sir. So the question the question we're dealing with is whose church is it anyway? We gave you Matthew 16, 18. I got one more for you, Troy, under that. Uh, I, you know, I'm just going through my notes, man. I got you. Acts 2, 42, under the, under the question, whose is church is it anyway? Uh-huh. Acts 2, 42 could be considered a purpose statement for the church. Right. Mm -hmm. They devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Right. Yes, sir. 242. Mm -hmm. According to this verse, the purpose or the activities of the church should be teaching biblical doctrine. Sure. Providing a place of fellowship for the believers. Sure. Observing the Lord's Supper. Yes. And praying together. 
As simple. How simple is that? <laughs> it's real simple. How simple is Almost that? Almost too simple. There's got to be a catch, right? <laughs> but, well, but okay. So, so listen, 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 view, uh, viewers. We're gonna be viewing. We'll we'll have you. Soon we'll, we'll have some cameras soon enough. Soon enough. <sighs> listen, listeners. We're not beating up on no on the the modern church. The structure. I call it the construct for various reasons. I won't get into that right now. That's a different different conversation. Podcast. Different podcast. We're not. We're. It's not our intent to beat up on the the church and we're not trying to get anyone to dismiss the the way that people do church today but you have to agree i think i think you have to agree that the four things i just read out of acts 2 verse 42 mm-hmm. is extraordinarily difficult to do in most churches the way church is handled and the way church is run today. And you know, I, you yeah. know, you know where I live as far as the one man show, I'm not even going to get on my soapbox concerning the one man show. Yeah. I got one scripture for that. How is it brother? That when we come together, I'm i I'm a paraphrase it. When we come together, everybody got something from God that they can contribute to the conversation to the thing that's happening when we come together. I'll leave that alone. And that's definitely not the modern, you know, it, there's uh, way no room for it. No, there isn't, which is unfortunate uh, because there's, we, I mean, we've been part of these house fellowships and stuff like that. And there's room for it in these house fellowships and it, and it works. It works. Everybody in the room benefits from it. Yes, sir. Everybody does. Yes, um, sir. And, and there's no program. I know people say, oh, you gotta be decent in order. We'll define that. You yeah, know, what does that look like? That doesn't mean that you, you follow a program. No, it doesn't. You know, and I think that's what we've, we've decided that it meant. And maybe in the beginning, maybe it did help in some regards to put something on paper so we, you know, it gives us some guardrails so we're not doing no, no wild stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the, the truth of the matter is that the paper gets in the way. The, it's unfortunate. It does. It, your question was, whose church is it anyway, right? Yeah. Psalms 100, one of my favorite verses uh, in, in verse three. And it's something we constantly have to remind each other mm-hmm. and specifically have to remind leadership, yes, right? Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. Not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his, his pasture. pasture. Oh my. And that's something that leadership should constantly remember. We, the, the people belong to God now. By saying this, I also want to add this to be fair. That leader is a sheep too. Took the words out of my mouth. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. And he belongs to God. You belong to God too. Don't forget that you're a sheep too. Don't forget that you are a sheep too. Yeah. And we want to make sure, because it's, it's sometimes, man, it's not even that you want to forget that. It, life happens. Things happen. And you're constantly trying to put out fires, especially if you're part of that one-man show. Because there's nobody else to put out fires but you. Dude. 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 <laughs> you may have to cut that. I'm feeling a certain kind of way today, guys, <laughs> on this podcast. You know, this is 2023. We we only got a few years left. I'm not saying till Jesus come back. I'm saying there's a few years. There's some prophetic things that's out there. And the church needs to be at a particular place. And this is why we're willing to talk as straight as we're talking yeah. on our on our third season 
of under the fig tree because it's important, not just because we're trying to gain momentum or anything no. like that, but simply because it's important that we talk more straight today than we ever have. I know, I kn- I've heard with my own ears, okay. leaders talk so badly about the people of God in relation to sheep. Yeah, that's As not if good. they're no longer sheep. That's not good. I've heard leaders with my own ears talk about how the sheep are dumb, the sheep are dirty and messy and smelly, and it's like, and they need me. It's like, no, 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 dude. They need Jesus. That's right. And you're not doing a good job right now representing him as an under-shepherd or whatever you want to call yourself, you're not doing a great job right now, right. and you have completely forgotten that you too are a sheep. I just wanted to back up that point that you just made because I've heard that with my own own ears. And it's so unfortunate when stuff like that happens. It is. you know, It really is. But I wanted to be able to back up that point uh, with another scripture. Okay. Whose church are we building? There you go, Psalms 100. You know, we're still, the church is the people and yes, the people sir. belong to God. Yes, sir. And so that's, that's what we're building. That's where we are his people. He's building his church. That's right. And, and this is what we go with. You got to love God, love people as simple as it is, Yep. but you can't get to the point where you just focus on the love God part that you forget to love people. If that's you exactly truly right. love God, you're going to love people. You're going to love people. That is that, that's, that's beautifully said. You ready for another question? I, I'm ready. What's the church for? Mm. You want to tackle that? What's the church for? So, number one, what is the ecclesia here for? Yeah. To legislate here in the earth. Oh, say that again, please. To legislate here in the earth. Did y'all hear that in the back? Okay. (laughs) That's what the ecclesia is here for, to legislate here in the earth. So many things have happened in this world, I would say in our country, but really it is this world. Yes. And it's really a direct result of the inactivity of the ecclesia. Yes, sir. Come on. Come on, Troy. Many of the problems that we do experience, now don't get me wrong, there's some things that have to happen because God said it was going to happen. Yes. But I'm wondering at this point in my life, did God say it was going to happen because he knew the ecclesia wouldn't stand up? Oh, and do what they boy, were supposed oh, to boy, do? oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Does it make sense? Boy, these are deep. These are deep thoughts, man. <laughs> so I've I've asked that question just within myself. Is is it possible yeah. that God said, you know what, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, but it's because the ecclesia will not stand up yeah. and do yeah. what it is they're supposed to do. Right. We have the ability and we have the responsibility mm-hmm. to, to legislate here in the earth. Yes, sir. What he created mankind to do was to have dominion. And he says, you know what? Even if I have to create a new heaven and a new earth, you're going to have dominion. Yes, you're going sir. to rule. You're yes, going sir. to reign here in the earth. Yes, sir. So one way or the other, it's coming back around. And I think the main job of the ecclesia is to legislate the kingdom here in the earth. Legislate the kingdom, man. That's so good. Not to build all these buildings, not to do all this other stuff. That, you know, Number one, legislate his kingdom here in the earth. Yeah. Boy, that's so good. Now, we, there's no way for me, because we are Ephesians 4 ministers, Yes, there's no way for me to, you know, to, for us to even finish this conversation without me bringing in Ephesians 4. Let's go. Right. Ephesians 4, verse 11 through 16. Yes, I'm going to read the whole thing. Hold on. 
<laughs> and he gave him and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers. That's about as far as most people get, right? Correct. But what for? For the equipping of the saints. Right? Yep. What for? For the work of ministry. Mm-hmm. What for? For the edifying of the body of Christ. What for? Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Why did he set why, why did he give these, right? To for us to become a perfect man. Mm-hmm. Why did he give these? And someone say, well, you asked what is the church for, but the church, the Bible says it's all founded upon the apostles Correct. and the prophets, right? Correct. So I think we're, we're still talking the same. We, we haven't changed subjects, right? No. What for? So that we can come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The fullness of Christ, not the fullness of ourselves. Yeah. Okay. What else is this for that he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers and established the whole church on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, right? That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, that we should no longer be carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but that we should be able to speak the truth in love. That's right. That we should be able to grow up in all things Unto him who is the head, and then it says Christ, just to make sure you understand. He ain't talking about your bishop. That's right. He's not even talking about your apostle right now. Come on with it. Okay. Okay. And then lastly, verse 16, it, it starts talking about every joint supplying, Troy. It starts talking about everyone doing their share. Yeah. Causes growth of the body. I love it. What are we here for? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm sorry, it, man. I, I, Ephesians 4, it buttons it up pretty well for us. When you get to the verse 14 that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and oh carry. boy. I like to sum that up this way, right? So that you grow up and don't fall for the banana in the tailpipe. Yes, sir. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> That's why. That's why. It's about spiritual maturity. It's about spiritual maturity. So here's my plug again, and I'm going to say it again, and I'll probably say it many more times during this podcast when it's applicable. Yes. There is a difference. We're talking conquering church, right? Yes, yes. And we're talking successful church. Yes. The conquering church will recognize the difference between church growth as opposed to the successful church will see numbers added. Come on, man. Come on, that clarifies it wonderfully. Keep there talking. is a difference between church growth and adding numbers. Mm. The successful church is going to add numbers and say that we're successful. Wow. Where the conquering church will say, I need a mechanism in place to disciple the people that we have to yes. bring them into spiritual maturity yes. so that they grow up yes. and don't fall for the banana in the tailpipe. Yes. yes. If you add five people a year, Five people a year. Yeah. But you bring them into the spiritual maturity. According to Ephesians 4, your yes. church is growing. Yes. If you add 500 people a week, but you do nothing to grow the people, right. then you're only adding numbers. That's exactly and right. And you're man. not conquering anything. Boy, that cleans it up so wonderfully. Man, that's uh, that that's that's great. And this is what, there's a difference between church growth and adding numbers. There's there's a major difference between the two. That is, that is fantastic. 
fantastic. I have nothing to add to that. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I have nothing to add to that. That buttons it up so wonderfully. We could keep talking forever and ever and ever and ever. We right? could. I think the point's being made, and maybe we'll come back around and, and visit this again at some other point. You mentioned, I think you, you quoted, I don't know if we read it, but you quoted Joshua 1 and 8 yeah. earlier. And I told you to get out of my notes, right? <laughs> you might as well read it. <laughs> the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then, 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 then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. So I've, I read it. Yeah. And then I do what it says. Yeah. That sounds like obedience. That sounds like obedience. And then I'm successful. And then I'm successful. It's a good way to end it. Yes, sir. I'm Troy. I'm Bruce. And we will see you next time here under the fig tree.